Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor... You can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hey guys, welcome back to the one, the only, Inquiries of Our Reality. Number 84, flying through, man. As I continuously say on a lot of shows, but we're we're slowly, slowly approaching 100. But uh, hey man, what can I say? I love what I do, so I'm just going to keep pumping out episodes for you guys. And hopefully you guys enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoy making them. But before we get into everything, uh, again, I'm sure you guys are getting somewhat used to this. Uh, if you guys don't mind uh, reviewing the show... Um, Dropping five stars on Spotify, uh, dropping five stars on iTunes, whatever. Um, I appreciate any of it. And uh, if you guys leave some awesome, awesome reviews, uh, I'm going to eventually get to a point where I can sit and I can read them all on the beginning of an episode because I'm sure, you know, everybody loves hearing their name called out on a podcast in a good way, of course. And uh, the other thing you can do if you're not into reviewing, whatever, uh, share word of mouth with friends. That's always a good way to help the show grow. And uh, it's genuinely, genuinely appreciated. And uh, the only way I'm going to be able to continue doing this is if you guys uh, spread the word and, you know, help the show grow. Because the show growing isn't just about what I'm doing. It's about what you guys can also do, too. And hopefully you guys are enjoying the content. And uh, that's, again, the only way that the show's ever going to grow. And uh, if you really, really enjoyed the show and you want some updates on everything going on for the show, um, you can find me all across social media. Uh, The main one that I'm active on is Instagram, more so than anything. But uh, there's also a Facebook page, uh, Telegram. and all of the all the things that I do, they're all under the name Open Minds Media, um, as I'm sure most of you guys have gotten the idea with my little uh, watermark intro in the beginning of it. Um, under that radar is Bizarre Encounters, which is also another show that I do with ghosts from uh, My Third Eye. So if you guys haven't checked that out already, uh, go and check that out. Um, also do Big Dumb Inquiries, but I'm sure most of you guys know what that is with Kyle from uh, the Big Dumb Podcast. And uh, my newest thing that I've been doing is called Bite Size Bizarreties. And that one is exclusively on the Patreon, and it's just little short snippets. I don't want to say short snippets, because I, I, I do get a full coverage of the story, but they're uh, only intended to be maybe a half hour max, 
or so. Um, it's supposed to be just kind of filling that gap. Uh, you know, if you don't want to listen to a full on podcast, but you still want to listen to something, you know, I got you covered. And uh, with that, definitely go check out the Patreon. Um, it's now Open Minds Media rather than just Increase of Our Reality. Uh, the idea with that is that now you get four shows and a bunch of little included benefits with uh, all four shows. So uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, other ways you guys can help and support the show and hopefully keep the lights on in the studio is uh, you can donate on Kofi. Uh, you can donate on Anchor, which is my RSS feed. Um, I also recently set everything up for uh, Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal. So that's also an option. You know, I'm always drinking kombucha on the show. So if you guys just want to throw a couple bucks into uh, the kombucha fund, that'll definitely help me out. Um, save me a little bit of money because everybody knows kombucha is expensive, even though it's it's good for you. It's expensive. And I do really enjoy drinking it on the show. <laughs> and uh, with that, the other way you can kind of get a little bit of something for yourself too. Um, I set up the merch store, added some more designs on there. That one also now isn't just increase of our reality. It's the uh, Open Minds Media uh, merch store. So there you'll find merch for all four shows and uh, some Open Minds Media merch itself. Definitely cool. At least go check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Um, and if you're interested in a little bit different of merch, uh, Crypto Theology, go check it out. Do yourself a favor. It's all cryptid based and themed. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, he has a series collections, which are, you know, specifically by state, uh, talking about different cryptids, different paranormal things in each of those states. And then he also has a bunch of uh, cool parody type designs uh, based off of band logos, uh, movie posters, uh, the serial monsters, all that stuff, but all done in cryptid form. So for me personally, I, I love the artwork. I'm constantly always wearing the shirts from Joe. Uh, so yeah, go do yourself a favor, check it out. I personally really enjoy it. It's not like he's a sponsor. Uh, we've teamed up just because we both enjoy each other's content and what we do. So we're just, uh, cross promoting and helping each other out. So there's nothing past it other than both of us just really enjoy what each other do. And we both want to promote it to the world. And, uh, all of these things that I've talked about mentioned, I try to make it quick and easy. They're all under, uh, one link tree link. Uh, the one for this show specifically is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. And uh, if you want to find the full umbrella of everything that I do, um, everything is all clickable off of the Open Minds Media link tree, um, including the Patreon, Merch Store, all the other shows. So if you want to check that one out, it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, Lady Liberty Libby. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? I'm, uh, you can just call me Libby. Yeah, I'll make it easier that way. I'll probably flow better with the conversation anyways. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, kind of before we get into everything, um, why don't you let everybody know who you are and uh, what you do and uh, I guess just the basics about you then. Okay. Um, so my name is Libby. Um, the Lady Liberty part was just... Um, an old, I guess, tease bully. Kids bullied me and tried to make fun of my name and Liberty was the best they could do or something. So I don't know. I've had so many different accounts on Instagram over the last like four to five years. The, uh, this particular one is the latest one. It's probably number 20 or something. Um, I mean, what I do, I'm a full-time mom. Like, I'm just a mom. I'm just an average but absolutely not fucking average at all. <laughs> um, I don't know, woman. I um, was born and raised in the San Fernando Valley in L.A. Um, 
in the 80s and 90s before it became completely overrun by by crazy demonic forces. <laughs> That's how I feel about it sometimes. Um, I'm married. I have a, yeah, I'm, I'm married. I have an incredible husband who is very much awake. I don't see how I could possibly be married to somebody who was not as aware of what is currently going on. Like you couldn't be married to me. I'm sorry. It wouldn't work. (laughs) I would be telling you too much every single day. You would have to wake up. I'd force you out of your cognitive dissonance. Like I did my husband (laughs) with some things. Um, Like really though, I mean, our whole flat earth like conversation was um, hilarious to say the, the least, but um I'm a mom. I feel like, uh, I feel very much like for me, being a mother isn't just because I have human children. It's for me something that I've realized since May of this year um, is who I am. Like, I am a nurturer. That's, that's me at my core. Like, what makes me happy is to help other people as much as I can. That truly is what brings me joy just in life. So, and taking care of other people. I love cooking. I love baking. I love feeding people good food and seeing their faces and knowing that I did that with combining ingredients together. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, That's like an artistic thing to me in and of itself. And I love art. I'm an artist. Um, I taught myself. So that'll speak if you look at my work I mean I think I'm a great artist considering my eyes are terrible I have really poor eyesight which is something that I don't I mean I know a lot of people don't know because they see me wearing glasses and they assume I'm just a person who wears glasses but the truth is for me is that I have really serious corneal issues um I've been misdiagnosed with multiple different corneal um things over the course of my life and recently I was told that it was Fuchs dystrophy which is supposedly a um, genetic anytime I hear that word I'm very suspicious um, a genetic um, condition that leads to blindness and um, so the reason I mentioned that is because I feel like it's important part of me and my life Um, especially now with the things that I post and this topic, because I do (laughs) run into quite a few people who are like, you know, all the technological stuff is great. Like it's science and it's helpful and it's helped humans. And I don't disagree with that to a point because me and my husband are perfect examples of it. My husband has um, an ear condition called cholesteatomas, which is a benign tumor but it is a tumor that grows inside of your ear and it will cause deafness if it's left there and not removed. And to make a long story short, he's had multiple surgeries on his ears and now is able to hear because of technology, because of science, because he has um, prosthetic hearing bones in his ears, but those are not computers. Those are not, that doesn't cause him to, um, you know, to be a cyborg. I wear scleral contact lenses and that's what really helps me see the most. But, um, but that isn't something that causes me to be a cyborg. Contact lenses in and of themselves aren't. There is a contact lens that was recently came out. Um, that's a computer lens. 
it's literally a i posted a short video off of the company's um you know main site it's a biotech company that came out with a contact lens that literally turns you into a cyborg because it's a computer chip it's it's incredible really it's something that for someone like me would give me eyesight that i don't have with glasses or regular contacts i i i only come close to it with scleral lenses and that's it's been very difficult for me to wear those lenses over the last um year unfortunately so and the reason i bring that up is because that's how they're going to get into people is with the idea that this is good for you and this is helpful to you and this is going to improve your quality of life you know in some way and that for me personally terrifies me because i feel like humans are very i don't mean this to come off wrong but i feel like to some degree and i'm very much one of them um we feel like we're very strong and powerful in some ways and i believe in a lot of ways we absolutely are and then we're also extremely weak and fallible in other ways and we know that and so do they they like them they all know that and they prey on, on those weaknesses that we already know that we have but those are just parts of us that make us human like people are so hell bent on fear and eradicating fear but without a healthy type of fear what would differentiate us from i don't know a a, a wild animal i mean honestly even going into the whole like contact lens concept coming from somebody that also wears glasses like my biggest fear when it comes to that is the fact that if they're already coming up with a way to be able to like track your visuals to make it so you can see what's in front of you better who's to say that they won't be able to alter it in other ways to make it so that you can't see things that they don't want you to see or that you'll see things that aren't actually there because they're intending to scare you into a certain way or method of thinking and I mean, right. I always relate stuff back to like Black Mirror, but uh, there's a couple episodes where they do these references of like block lists, where mm -hmm. rather than somebody going to like jail, they'll like block out their vision from being able to see people and other right. people will see them as red. And I don't know, when it comes to the whole just like other outside forces having control over like my five senses, like in any way, shape or form, like I'm, I'm not cool with that. And I don't even want to attempt to have that risk. I'm totally cool with wearing glasses forever because I'm, I'm just not willing to... uh almost in a way, like, let somebody else radically be in my head. And when it comes to computers in particular, it's only a matter of time before people figure out how to hack just about mm. anything. Right. So If it's digital, you know, it's hackable. And you also have the issue, too, where if you don't listen, they could do things like, oh, you don't get the update now, so now you can't see this. They'll start making it so that your technology malfunctions. And right. it's something you can, like, just take off yourself. It's one thing, but if it's something that's like body, like, Neuralink, something like that, for example, mm -hmm. like you have no choice. You have to comply. Otherwise, they could theoretically fuck with your entire perception of life. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't, I've, it's interesting to me. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that you said that phrase that you don't want them to be able to have control over your five senses, right? Because those are the five senses that people oftentimes, that's the first things that we think of is like, well, if they control, how I sight, what I hear, what I see, what I taste, right? What I feel, what I can touch, then they can control me. But they've already managed to do that with most all of us with our mind and with our 
intuition because most everyone that I talk to, if I, it's, I don't personally understand how people in the awake community can say that they, they, they believe and they, you know, they believe that the pedophile rings exist, right? But they've never seen it. I've never seen it, thank God, in front of me, right? But I know it exists for certain. I have no doubt about it because of other things I've seen, right? And read. So I know that that exists. I, I know that certain things exist that I haven't seen. And yet if I bring up something like, um, you know, the earth is flat, it's not round. We've been lied to about that too. I'm very often met with a lot of resistance from awake individuals. And it's confusing to me because my first question to them is, so I don't understand. So the government lies to us and all the branches of the government lied to us, but NASA isn't? Like, why would you believe that NASA isn't lying to us if you believe that all these other um, three-letter organizations, you know, are is it because there's four letters like i'm very get confused um and then if i even suggest you know um do some research into it instead of just believing what you've been taught your entire life about this topic um i just don't personally understand that to me that's not that's like selective critical thinking to decide I'm going to, you know, research into this and look into this, but over here, this must be completely just, no, there's no way, you know, or then if I see people that are still talking about Trump as if he is the savior, who's going to come and rescue us all. I'm just as astounded. Like, do you, have you not researched into this person to find out what has transpired since that, maybe we, I, like, I didn't know about, I was totally on that train. I didn't know about some of the things that he had signed and that he has done and participated in and photographs that he's pictured with people and videos that are just, if anything to me, I'm like, doesn't that bring up some questions in your head? If at, at least at the very least, aren't you questioning it? Like, why is he seen in pictures with um, Maxwell? Why? Why would there be pictures of him with Epstein? Why? If he's not running in those same circles, why are there photographs of them together shaking hands or smiling or anything? Like, for what reason? Why would he need to be at a fundraiser, at a whatever excuse you have if he's not running in the same circles? I don't run in those circles. You'll never find a picture of me with those people <laughs> ever because I'm not in those circles. I think maybe we cut out a little bit. That's what I was about to say. It said, like, my internet's here, but it just, like, dropped out the entire room for some reason. <laughs> this happens to me a lot. I feel like the internet just doesn't want me to be heard. It's just constantly trying to shut me up. <laughs> Dude, it's funny, too, because I'll get on to certain topics, and uh, it seems like it's mainly when it comes to transhumanism and demons being within computer systems. Mm. It's always when I have these weird-ass tech issues mm. where I'll have full internet the entire time and just the internet will drop out. It won't even make any sense because I don't have anything that'll pop up on my computer that'll say, like, the internet's laggy, anything. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all because this is what's been happening to me every single podcast that I've done since I've started doing this type of thing. Like, so when you mentioned that you weren't on the on social media, you know, more than, like, a couple months before me, right? But I've been on social media for a while, I, I just was not, um, 
I wasn't as unfiltered and as uncensored and as like blunt and direct. And I didn't have my face um, really out there with all my research like I have since um, since May of this year. And that's only because of the experience I had May 19th. So although a lot of people called it a near-death experience, there's nothing near death about it. It was all death and nothing but death and just more death. And then I was alive again. And that's what happened. But when I got back, which to me was like, um, technically it was this, you know, May night, May 20th, I was in the emergency room. That's when I woke up. Um, but I didn't really, wasn't really able to like in retrospect, think back to that experience and, um, form like very, what I feel like now are more sober, you know, thoughts and talk about it. Cause even when I did that live on father's day, um, that was only 30 days after I had the seizure and the heart attack, you know, that's not, that's not that long. And I didn't have just one heart attack. I had like five fucking heart attacks that night. So, wow. Um, or they at least tried to stop me from having four more because I had a, I had a heart attack. I had a seizure. Um, the order, nobody knows exactly if it was a seizure or the heart, heart attack first. I feel like it probably was the heart attack first and that triggered the seizure just biologically the way I know that the body works. Um, it would make sense for it to have happened that way. And the seizure was a benzo withdrawal induced seizure. So the two events were separate causes, but they happened the same night. Does that make sense? Like one triggered the other to happen. Um, and the experience I had that night, like when I've talked about it um, on podcasts, has it's just very different than it was that particular night when I explained it. Because that particular night, I was 100%. It wasn't really me speaking. I know that sounds really weird and bizarre, but it's, it was me. And it was my voice, but it was completely led by the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't things that I even necessarily remember saying. Like, I've had to listen to that particular video that I've done, like, multiple times because I don't remember what I said. And people will say things that I said there that I'm like, I don't fucking know if I said that. Um, it happened again, huh? Apparently, it's just going to be one of those nights where it drops out whenever it feels like. The internet hates me. I'm telling you, it's, it's, I think it's only not happened like maybe a couple of times. And that was really, I wasn't talking that much. <laughs> no, it's, it's on both of us. Trust me. Cause like I said, whenever I seem to get into this range of topics that we're kind of building up to get into, it's every single time. Like I'll, I, I ran a show earlier. It was perfect. Not one lag. Like I'm looking at my this stuff. Yeah, like I'm looking at my reception right now and I've had full, I have full bars. Like there's no, not, and there's nothing connected to this right now because the office is closed across the way. The market's closed. The laundry room maybe, but I don't even see anybody on the, on the machines. So I'm like, I don't even think there's anyone fucking connected to this Wi-Fi particularly. It's, it's the lounge, like the, the lounge of the RV park. So 
I was going to say, I think it's dropping out on my end, but the weird part is I'm hardwired in and nothing else is affected. It's just, I, you know, what? I, I just need to, I just, I should have prayed before. I mean, I did, but I should have prayed more specifically maybe before we started. I, mean, I don't know why people don't believe that, um, that supernatural things exist. It's so bizarre to me, really, I guess, because I feel like as soon as I start to, so, okay, people have this lady that I met at the park today, right? And I don't even know if I ever did like an actual intro because I told you I go on tangents. I tried to warn you. Um, totally okay with me. I love tangents. There was, <laughs> there was, there was like a lady I met at the park today, right? Just a random person. My kid was playing with her kids, whatever. And we start talking and this and that, whatever. And, I'm the way I am and she's saying things that make absolutely no sense and her, she's telling me about her husband and what he says to her and that makes a lot more sense to me and so finally I go you know your husband's not wrong and like as we start talking the towers come up and I go I go I mean they're microwaves that's what they're emitting like they're emitting microwaves and she goes well I mean it's a possibility and I go no I mean it's not a possibility that's that's what's happening all you have to do is look up what the frequency is of the 5G towers. Just look it up. Just type it up. What's the frequency of the 5G towers? It'll tell you right there. It's a microwave frequency. That's the spectrum. That's the band that it's in. It's a C band. That's where it's at. I go, and if you dig into it more, you'll see that that's not even the, the end cap. That's, that's, it's six is the actual end cap. And I swear every time I mention 6G, people look at me like I grew ahead. But I'm like, why is that surprising to you? Don't you think they already have like something even beyond that if they wanted to? And they just haven't released the technology to the public yet? Do you think that this is something they just figured out and they're telling us as they're figuring it out? It's like every five years, they update the G to make it 3G, 4G, 5G. And if they're theoretically roughly like 30 years ahead of us as far as technology goes that means that they're at least like what is that uh like six g's above so they're probably at like 12g theoretically like it could very well it it definitely could very well be but i the way that i research things is by figuring out what their end goal is like what is the ending What's the ending of this story? Because I read a lot growing up. Like I'm like I mentioned to you, right? I was a bookworm growing up. I read a lot. I still read a lot. Um, it's just harder for me to read now because my eyes suck so much. But um, I read a lot. And to me, what I used to do, this sounds probably ridiculous, but because I went through so many books a week when I would go to the library, when you had to walk to a store and open a door and it wasn't didn't just magically open for you because it sensed that you were coming towards it. And then it opened and you had to go into a library and pull out a drawer and flip, flip through the, you know, cards to look for a book and very old fashioned way back in the day type stuff. Really wasn't that fucking long ago either, like 30 years. Um, <laughs> and I feel like because of the way that I was growing up, I always wanted to know what the end of the story was. So I would legitimately get a book that was like 500 pages and I would read the front cover to see kind of like what's the, you know, beginning about like what's the basic plot of the book. But then I'd be like, mm, 
I mean, how is it going to end? And I'd, I couldn't help myself. I'd flip back to the back and be like, read the last couple sentences. And like, really? Well, I don't see how they could have gotten there from there. So, okay. I guess if they got there from there, I want to see what happened in the middle and how they got there. And that's how I do research, as weird as it sounds. Like, when I first opened up the can of worms and stuff it was years and years and years ago and it was my son that's how i got red pilled it was my son it was by uh by looking into the immunizations that i was giving him at his pediatrician's office and the reason i lo- i started looking into that is because of uh reactions that i felt intuitively as a mother that he was having and that it was directly linked to these shots that I was giving him, that I was letting them give him at the pediatrician's office. And so when I mentioned earlier, you had said something about losing our senses and not having control of them. And I feel like a lot of us, men and women, because I don't, I feel like intuitively we're the same. We can both have, both sexes can have that same intuitive um, drive. And I just feel like there's, a lot that we are bombarded with as children and as adults and teenagers when when we should be learning how to listen to our instinct the most is when we are told not to listen to it and to listen to all these authoritative figures you know the teacher and listen to you know listen to your teacher and you got to listen to the principal and you can't get in trouble and get sent to the dean's office i did all the time and you can't you know, don't argue with the police and the doctor knows what they're doing. And, and it's, we're constantly fed that stuff all the time growing up, you know, and then we're also fed all this ridiculous propaganda bull crap on TVs and on screens. And then on top of it, we're fed chemicals like fluoride and shit to just shut us up even more from our instinct, from our God given connection. And I feel like if more human beings, men and women, were able to take those layers off and just get back to themselves and to their instinct and what their instincts tell them, what they feel, what they sense, what they know to be true in here, not in here, not in your head, in here, like in your chest, in your gut. I feel like that would be a great first step for fucking humanity because part of the whole idea of cyborgs and transhumanism that I feel like is so appealing and fascinating to so many people that they want it is that they don't know how to be in touch with themselves and their emotions and just feel or just be human in certain ways and know that because they're human and because they're infallible, they need God. And that's the answer. So when people ask me, like, you know, they'll come across my page randomly and I'll I don't know who the hell they are, never seen them or nothing. And all of a sudden it's just, I'm flooded with notifications of every fucking post on my feed and why it's bullshit and why I'm crazy. And, you know, and things like that, where I'm just like, I mean, I could see one or two, but if you literally go down my feed more than two or three rows and you still feel like this is a lie and bullshit, then you are just, you don't want to believe what you're seeing and what you're hearing because none of the stuff that I share, it comes from my brain and my 
not my research, like in the sense that it's not stuff that I'm saying. It's stuff that I'm pointing to and going, do you see over there what he said? Do you see what he said? Now, do you see how that sounds the same? Doesn't that sound like he's talking about that? Because it sounds to me like he's talking about that. Like one of the first videos, connection videos that I put together was after May 19th. It was after I had the, you know, near death experience or whatever they want to call it. And I don't know if it was before or after the live that I didn't, I can't remember at all, but it, it, it happened because I, I was going through the internet, you know, scrolling, whatever. And I hear the Charles Schwab thing about the fourth industrial revolution. And I'm like, this motherfucker is so crazy, you know? And then not too long later, I come across Zuckerberg on mad money. And he's talking about the metaverse and their North star and everybody's going to, uh, you know, be happy buying money and buying things in, in his digital world of the metaverse. And then I'm like, wait a second. What did that guy over there say again? Oh, he said you'd own nothing and be happy. Well, motherfucker, I don't know, but that sounds an awful lot like the metaverse to me. Does it, and that's yeah, why it does. does it sound like it's digital copies of stuff. You don't own anything tangible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the whole NFT thing too, people constantly trying to get me to do that with my art. And I'm like, no, no, not interested. Well, but why you could make, I could make nothing. It's digital. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's in the air. Like you want, I mean, I want to, I have something to give you here. I want something in my hand that I can touch when it comes to trading, bartering. Bartering has never existed in the sky. That never happened. Like in time, there was never a time where that happened that way. And why people suddenly feel like it's a great idea is seriously beyond me. As soon as I heard of crypto years ago, I was like, I turned to my husband years ago. It was like a decade ago, at least. I turned to my husband and I went, this is some fucking new next level bullshit right here. Just watch. He wasn't a believer either back then. And I just so turned to him and go. You don't have to print money anymore. You just essentially mm -hmm. can just create something digitally, hand it over to somebody. Yep. And once you exist in this whole world of all this digital shit, and if people eventually get to the point where they're almost like living within that system to the point where they can't distinguish it from normal life. Like that's what they want. That's what that's yep. literally what I truly believe that they want. Why else would they need the amount of bandwidth that they do? Like I could very easily just like I did this not too long ago, but it, it was funny the way it ended up happening because I didn't mean it for it to happen this way. But I was just at home one night and my son was sleeping my husband was, I don't know, out doing whatever. And uh, I think he was working that night. And I was going through the news and things, whatever, and posts and reading stuff and researching. And then it just suddenly dawned on me. I was like, wait a second. And sometimes I use my story and I just kind of think out loud on it, almost like a note to myself, like digitally or something. And I know other people can hear it and that's fine because I don't, I would, I like the feedback most of the time. And I laid out kind of like I was trying to figure out, so this is, this is, this is that. And I was like, I think I got that right. And I, yeah, that sounds like about right to me that that's how it's, it's, it's gone this far. And I, and I just put it on, did it on my story. And then the next day I listened to it and was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just going to grab this and just throw it together and be like, I mean, it makes sense to me. And to me, it does very much. If there's someone else who has a better uh, 
I don't know, way to connect it all, then by all means, I'm always ready and willing to add more puzzles, you know, pieces to the puzzle because there's still spots that are blank. Like that's, I used to do a lot of puzzles too. So it's, it's, I see it as like a big game. It's not, but it is in a lot of ways because there's all these different pieces and some of them are just background distraction, just in the background. Just look well, I always say too, that it's like, life now it's not about necessarily like a grasp for knowledge because you have any endless amount of knowledge at the tips of your fingers mm -hmm. it's a matter of being able to sort through the bullshit and pick out what's the, actually the good things that you should follow on right and throw out all of these little side things that people throw in that have no base or premise because half right. the time somebody will say something in the internet somebody will recycle that then they'll recycle mm -hmm. that then they'll recycle mm -hmm. that and people lose track of the original source and then they start believing it as fact without right. any tangible evidence behind it Right. Exactly. So I try to stick to just the facts. The facts are for me, the way that I see this is that, and, and the reason, and people ask me sometimes like why transhumanism? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I mean, because it's their end game. That's it's their end game because in my opinion, it's their end game because of these reasons. And then I tell them my reasons, like my, what I see is that this is a religion. This is a belief system. This isn't just an idea. It's not just a concept. It's, it's definitely not sci-fi anymore. Sci-fi is, I mean, I feel like we get used to saying sci-fi. Like I'm a sci-fi geek too, geek too. Like I, I understand that concept and idea, but science fiction isn't what transhumanism is. Transhumanism is nonfiction. That's what that is now. It's no longer science fiction. It's science nonfiction. That's what it is. And we need to start calling it for what it is. It's science nonfiction. It was sci-fi back in the day when it didn't exist in our reality. But it exists in our reality now. Back then, it was intended to be more of a warning than anything. Like, everybody that was writing that kind of stuff, they weren't looking at it from an optimistic perspective. They were trying to show, like, this is where it's going to end up. Because no matter what way you look at it, all it takes is one person with a slight bit of corruption, and everything can drastically go downhill. So, right. I mean, as far as like robots helping people, things like that, it's only a matter of time before even just looking at it from a logical point of like destroy all humans, destroy all humans. Yeah. If you give it like a robot a job of cleaning. It's going right. to keep adapting to get smarter. And right. the idea is that it's going to realize eventually that the only way to be able to keep things permanently clean is to not have that host around that's making things dirty anymore. Correct. So it's like oh my God. Have I'm to so follow the line of thinking. <laughs> Oh my God, you're smart. That's awesome. There's very few people that actually have that way of thinking. I don't know why that is, but you know what I say to people? I go, this isn't so okay. Um, Musk has a few different robots. He doesn't have one or two. He's got a, a few different ones, but the main ones that people know of are, hopefully they know of Amca because Amca is smarter than Optimus, but most people know of Optimus because of the name. It reminds me of Transformers. Okay, so it sticks in your brain that way. That's but see, this is all marketing gimmicks. That's how they stick in your yeah, brain. I say, that's intentional. They'll try that's, to drop absolutely. the specific ones that they want you to pay attention to, and they'll make exactly. the names for the ones they don't want you to pay attention right. to. Mm -hmm. 
off. Like Sophie, like Amka. Everybody knows who Sophie is too, mm-hmm. and right? Because they want people to be looking at this because they right. want you to look over here while they're mm-hmm. working on the hardcore technology over here. You're just yeah. the basics. And it's not even everybody. I don't even feel like everybody knows about this. I have not heard Charlie Kirk talking about transhumanism. I haven't heard um, Benny Johnson talking about transhumanism. I haven't heard. I could go on and on and on and on and on. There are so many people, talking heads, that do not even touch trans fucking humanism. They won't touch it. There's so many influencers on Instagram, I cannot even begin to tell you how many in the truth of community that are moms that refuse to share anything that has to do with transhumanism. And it's, and when I, when I tag somebody in something that I post, it's not necessarily because I want them to repost my post. So my thing gets shared from me. That's not it at all. For me, it's, do, do you fucking see this? I'm like, literally, like, did you see this? Look at this. Look at this shit. Like, these people are fucking insane. Do you see this? Like, I don't care where you see it. Just be aware of this. Just look at this. <laughs> just can, can you share about this? Like, please, like, screen record off my feed. Take my feed. I don't care. Like, just get it out there. Because for me, until I start hearing the big talking heads, other than Stu Peters, I, Alex Jones, Karen Kingston's talked about this like a tad bit, not even a lot, really. I was glad when she finally came on the scene and she really is hardly on the scene. She barely posts on Instagram. She's basically on Telegram and Substack. That's that's it. She won't fucking talk to anybody. I've tried emailing her. I've emailed Alex Jones. Hell, I called InfoWars in again this morning trying to get through and I can't seem to get through to them. Um, Matt Barker is the only connection I have to them. And the funny thing about him is that I remember meeting him in Orange County in Huntington Beach at one of the fucking board meetings that we were there um, trying to get everybody in Orange County to wake the fuck up. And uh, and I met him like two and a half, three years ago. And the hilarious part to me is that now I'm like, yeah, I'm on account number 20 and somehow you've managed to get to past 10K. That's awesome. I don't know why this has happened but it has and and when I came back this time earlier this year and then I decided to start using the account that I use now the Lady Liberty Libby one I mean that was originally a different account that I had just like health stuff on that I was doing health stuff like with like I started using psilocybin last summer to help heal trauma and damage to my brain caused by trauma by psychological emotional physical all the trauma it changes your brain chemistry and that can create a a way for your default mode network to just constantly send you into the same cycles of shit and the only way you can really break that is by rewiring your brain and there's different ways you can rewire your nervous system but most of them are not organic most of them are not natural And I didn't want to mess with any of that stuff. So when I first started to post on this page again, I was really conflicted because my main page was so censored. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't like anything. I couldn't comment. I couldn't. I was just watching everything. I couldn't even send DMs after a while. Yeah, I couldn't even send DMs after a while. So I finally got to a place where I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to stay here or should I just call it quits? And it wasn't soon later that I got really sick earlier this year. 
And then, um, and then I, it, I found out it was because of the towers from my own research. I figured it out because there was a tower across from me. It was like 150, 200 feet away from me. And they turned it on the same month that I came down with um, what doctors kept wanting to tell me was long haul COVID pneumonia. And I was like, there's no such thing as COVID. Well, and these are even American frontline doctors. And I'm like, there's no such thing as COVID. Well, no, there is. No, there isn't. I'm like, no, there isn't. It's never been isolated. So no, there isn't. It's something else. Like something else is making me sick. And, and even though I knew that I still, because when you're suffocating, see, that's what I mean when I say like we're humans and we have weaknesses, we need to breathe air. Like mm-hmm. as humans, we need to breathe air. And if we don't breathe air and you start taking air away from people or you start to install devices that w- could suffocate some people, they could become desperate pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was desperate pretty quickly to breathe. However, I refused to do certain things that the doctors told me to do because I knew it would send me into a really bad place. Like I had several doctors that told me to go to the hospital. And I was like, if I go to the hospital, they're going to put me on a ventilator. Like a hundred percent at this point in my breathing, they're going to put me on a ventilator and I'll die. Like I won't survive. I will die if that happens. So I have to figure out how to fight this at home. And eventually I figured out that it was the 5g tower, but it was something that I had to figure out. Like I had to do my own research so I could see it for myself because if somebody else was to come and tell me, I probably wouldn't have believed them until I saw it for myself. Cause I'm that type of person, but there's, that's the problem with most human stays. There's not that many types of people like me that want to go looking for, you know, all that information themselves and see it themselves. They'll just, like you said, hear it from somebody else or see it somewhere and then just regurgitate it. And it's like playing operator. It's just, you know, when you sat in a circle and you're a kid and you say something and someone else had to say it and they had to say it. And at the end it was, what did they say? And it's always twisted and it's something ridiculous because things are constantly lost in translation. So for me, it's one of the reasons why I keep trying to stick to the main, like anytime I post something, I'm if I hashtag anything, it's transhumanism or agenda 2045 or 2045, because that's their end goal and everything leads back to that. So when people even like I have tried contacting really large, um, pages on Instagram for mothers, right, to band together um, for the kids. And most of the moms that I come in contact with, not all, but most, especially the really big influencers, um, only seem to want to talk about the child trafficking. And although that's extremely important, and I very much agree that it is, it needs to be talked about. um, I also feel like in some ways, it's they're using it as a distraction from the fact that they're already getting to our kids through this whole trans movement. And I don't mean the sex movement. I don't, I'm not talking about the trans, you know, transsexuals and all that stuff. I'm just talking about that word, just that word. They're, they're using it against our kids and we're not, parents aren't even paying attention to it. They don't even see it. It's in shows. It's in commercials. It's in, Um, snacks and food that's geared towards kids. 
I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere that gets them to feel like they are not enough the way they are and they need to be changed. They they need to be made better somehow or, or you know, improved somehow. And that's why I grab some of the literature that I do to show people like they're saying right here, super, you know, uh, superpowers, superheroes. Mm-hmm. They say that on purpose. Like there's a reason that they're saying this. There's a, and it's in their 2045 literature. There's a reason that they're saying this and there's a reason why they use the word trans constantly. And in my opinion, it's because they want everybody to be conditioned to accept the word trans. So once transhuman is presented, it's accepted by the masses a lot easier because they've already accepted transsexuals. I mean, look at them. They're fucking reading to our kids in libraries, for God's sakes. Like dressed up and shit, so. Yeah, honestly. I mean, one thing that I was kind of throwing around in my head while you were talking too is uh the whole thing with like mental illness how they're like normalizing mental illness and they're just Mm -hmm. openly giving people all this medication i almost Mm -hmm. wonder if it's all been a ploy so that people's minds will be so fucked up that they can finally come one day with a microchip and be like here if you take this this will correct everything and your brain will be completely back to normal and Mm -hmm. you can set it one day to be happy you can set it to be sad another day and you can completely control your emotions with this chip and right. going into that, too, with the whole Neuralink from Elon Musk, that's also partly a ploy, I feel, too, because they tried to throw in this guy that uh, was re- – they tried to make him relatable. So, you know, they have right. Juan Joe Rogan. He's smoking right. weed. He's this guy yeah. who makes all these electronic cards. Like, if anybody else came at people with this idea of putting a microchip in your head, yeah. if it was Bill Gates, everybody would shit right on it. Nobody right. would want anything to do with it. Right. But yeah. they try to make this character normalized, yeah. just like the whole concept of, like, oh, mental illness, to try to push in this new agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's not that they, they are, that's what Xanax is. People that have watched the, the 30 minute video that I did on Father's Day. Um, and then there's in the middle at the top now, there's like this, um, just really, it's like an awareness reel. It's an awareness video. I put a whole bunch of facts about Xanax, about benzos, about what they do to you. And I will tell you from being somebody who was on psych meds, I was on psych meds for six years of my fucking life. I was on Lamictal, Abilify, and um, she gave me Seroquel once in a while. Um, And that just knocks you the fuck out. You just sleep and eat. That's all that you do. You just become a lazy fuck who sleeps all the time and eats. You're not angry. You're not sad. You're not anything. You're, you feel Making nothing. You exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. And In combination with the fluoride too. <laughs> right. Exactly. So when, when the doctor earlier this year put me on Xanax, the, the reason that, I mean, I really truly feel like and that's the reason I did like an update video not too long ago is because I feel like what happened for me was that I was grieving a lot. I was in a tremendous amount of grief and then I got sick when they turned on the towers because I'm very sensitive and I can feel a lot. Like I have a very strong instinct and I have for the majority of my life. The problem for me is that I ignored it for a very, very long time. And I feel like the reason why I have a stronger intuition is because I've always have been handicapped with one of my main sight senses. So because one of my main senses has always been something I can't trust, I can't trust my eyes. Not like I trust my instinct. And, and because of that, I feel like I was 
the devil was able to very easily um, find somebody to manipulate me and coerce me and make me put me back into that victim mentality of, you know, yeah, I'm just very anxious and I'm very depressed and the pneumonia is making it worse because not being able to breathe is scary. And yeah, the Xanax is therapy. It's not a drug and it is therapy. It will help me. Although I knew like, no, this shit puts you to fucking sleep, literally. Benzodiazepines were created by Pfizer. Oh, shit, and, there. <laughs> right? And not just that. They were created. If you look, if you study the medication, if you study the drug, some medication, you study the drug, the compounds in the drug, the way that it works in the brain, it works in the brain in a way that it puts it parts of your brain to sleep that are responsible for mood and behavior. So you literally turn into like a zombie. That's why people that are on Xanax have that stare that like blank kind of stare because they're not really feeling anything. They're not angry. They're not nothing. They just don't feel anything. So they're just fine on the out. They seem like they're fine, but every single person and people argue with me constantly about that. And it's all the people that argue with me are the people that are still on Xanax or still on some sort of Benzo. Those are the ones that are arguing with me because they want to defend why they have to be on it. And I'm not the one to, for you to defend it to because there's never a reason to be prescribed a benzo that fucking drug ought to be blacklisted because all it does is put people to sleep and primarily makes people do some uh some crazy stuff crazy too, shit because for they're sure. separated from the emotions so it's not Us. like like they can do something without and not feeling feel anything regret and feeling bad for doing it they just do right. it. <laughs> exactly yeah and they don't feel anything exactly no you're absolutely right and what happened for me was I wanted to get off of that drug and the doctor that put me on it didn't want to take me off of it. He kept stating, you know, for his medical reasons for this, for that. And, um, and it's scary. It, it ought to scare people enough that doctors just today with the way things are can do something like, well, it's not my medical opinion to take you off of this drug. So I won't like, wait a second, where did what I want ever come into play there? So because he wouldn't take me off of it and I refused to fill it at the dosage that he was kept prescribing it to me as, because that would have just been a maintenance dose. It would have kept me on it and I wanted off. So I had to try to wean myself off. And ultimately I ran out before I had enough to complete the taper myself at home, which wasn't long. My husband tried like two weeks and I kept telling him two weeks isn't enough to taper off of the dosage that I was on at the end. I'm going to need at least two months to safely taper and not end up with the seizure. And that's what happened. I had the seizure May 19th. Um, I had the heart attack. And um, when my husband called the paramedics, um, I mean, I don't really remember too much, but I remember them standing there. I remember him talking to me a little bit and trying to get me out of it. Um, I remember them telling me that I... Um, I remember laying on the bed and them saying uh, to try to calm down because they were going to stop my heart. They needed to stop my heart and because it was going too fast and they were, didn't want me to have another heart attack. And, uh, and I remember when they injected, you know, whatever into me, because I remember vaguely when they um, started the IV on, on the bed in our bedroom, um, I mean, I don't know if you had if you had watched any of that stuff that I had posted about it, but the experience I had that night was something that 
I've tried to make sense of for, I mean, I tried for like two, three months at least to make sense of it. And finally I got to a place where I was like, that really happened. That was the real thing that really happened. It's a real place. It's always very real. It was not side effects of anything. And, um, and I don't even feel like it was a near death experience because what happened for me was I was in my room one second <laughs> on my bed with the paramedics telling me that they needed to stop my heart and to try and calm down. And, uh, and the next minute I'm in a garden. I mean, that's what happened for me. I was like in a garden and I was standing, I remember standing there and looking around and wondering where I was and how I was in a garden when I was just in my room and how real everything looked and how real everything felt and how calm and at peace I felt. I've never felt that kind of calmness and that kind of peace ever. And that's, that's something I, I can say I have chased here on this earth. That's why I took Xanax this year was for that peace and that calmness. And I did not get it with that pill. I got it when I died May 19th. I got it when I went back. I remember being in the room again and trying to tell my husband what just happened, but I couldn't, I couldn't understand. My voice didn't make any sense because I just had a fucking seizure. So when someone just has a seizure, oftentimes they can't, they're cognitively, they can't speak right away. It takes a while for you to be able to form words again, sometimes days, sometimes weeks, sometimes hours. It just depends. And for me, it took a while. So I remember being back in the ambulance. I remember them telling me in the ambulance. I mean, I remember being confused and out telling my husband, like, I don't know, but it happened like three or four or five times, like four or five times, honey. I was in the ambulance and, and then I was in the garden again. And then I saw Jesus. What? You saw Jesus? Yes. Like he was right there, but he was everywhere. And he was white, like glowing. Not even white. Just he looked like he was glowing. There would look like there was just light. He was just light. Just light. And the only thing I could really make out that I knew it was him was his eyes. It was brown, but he had flames in his eyes. And looked like he was clo cloaked in like a white robe of light or something. It was just so, so bright. And I remember it still more vividly than I remember anything else that happened this year before May 19th. Like, I don't even, my memories over, over the last, I mean, I think it's from the seizure because my memories have just been jumbled up for lack of a better way. Like the chronological or like, if you think back to something that happened to you when you were 10, right, you could place it in your head. Like this happened when I was 10, this happened when I was 20, this happened. Right. Or like now for me, it's hard for me to place when certain things happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Cause it's, it kind of messes with your timeline a little bit. Cause I mean, kind of bouncing off of what you were saying, um, a lot of people, when they have these types of experiences, they say that they're more real than like real life. And uh, coming from somebody who's been a little bit over the spectrum with uh, psychedelics, it reminds me a lot of like the DMT experience where it's like when you're in that, 
it feels like it's more real than real life. And it kind of makes me question the fact of like, what is this reality that we're in exactly? Like, is right. that supposed to be like where we're actually at? And going into this whole idea of, I usually call it like an organic simulation. Um, like, what if we are already in some type of like virtual reality? And that's why everything just feels off. It doesn't feel right. And then when these type of experiences happen, it's not that you necessarily die, but maybe it's more like your uh, your playable character gets pulled back into the universe that you're actually from instead of being trapped within this system. Mm. And uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But uh, I don't know. That's so cool. A lot of questions that go along with it, you know? And it's just yeah. like a lot of people when they also – like everything's a matter of perception, I guess you could say too. And maybe For it's sure. a matter of people coming up with uh, different things within their head and maybe – this reality that's beyond our reality, we're able to control things within it. Or theoretically, if there are millions of different dimensions, maybe all of us are theoretically from a different place. And when you have these experiences, maybe you see like where you originally came from. And uh, I don't know, it, it kind of bounces too into the whole idea of like consciousness is theoretically coming from different places. Um, maybe mm -hmm. like we're all in this organic simulation, but maybe we're not all the same type of like consciousness either, if that makes sense. I, 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 I kind of know what you mean. So it's, I'm so happy to know that you've done psychedelics. That makes me so happy. You have no idea because there's not very many people I've talked to that have like purposely done it for an intentional healing reason, I suppose, or something like, because they wanted to actually dive into their subconscious and be like what the fuck is in there why am i the way i am like what's going what is a lot of people that i've talked to that have done psychedelics didn't like i did when i was a teenager which was just to get high and fucked up and for me when i i only did acid twice when i was a teenager um i did a lot of other things i tried and played with but um psychedelics and hallucinating was not my thing at all my See, thing for me at least well, i was gonna say i was a i was an ex-alcoholic that i put myself into the hospital like almost lost my family over it i was on some other stuff at the time so, me too like for me it was needed to mm -hmm. be able to like you said kind of like get into my head and be able to understand what was going on for me to be able yeah. to like rationalize and it's honestly built me into the person that i am now because as you can kind of see as the conversation goes i'm a very deep thinker and yeah before I really got into psychedelics like it was there but mm -hmm. I knew it was just different from how everybody else felt so I was super yeah. self-conscious about it so I would almost like I would drink to like dumb myself down so that I could right. interact with people but once I kind of got over that fact and learned to just kind of expand my mind yeah um, I use psychedelics as a tool um I know a lot of people like they hear that that it's like a drug whatever and they kind of like think a little bit less of you in that aspect right. but yeah I use it strictly as like a tool and because of that it has expanded my mind to think in ways that I didn't even realize were possible before. So I stopped right. getting with that whole stereotype of trying to fit in with everybody and just yeah. to kind of go off and do my own thing. And if it wasn't for psychedelics, like I wouldn't have been able to do that. So a very no, I mean, for me, special place in my heart for me, at least for <laughs> sure. No, what did you, what did you use DMT? Um, originally what I started off with was uh, mm -hmm. LSD. Um, and then I, built into um, mushrooms and for anybody that hasn't already heard this story um i got some from a friend and they completely like backfired on me in the aspect of like they were talking to me in the back of my head telling me like you you need to learn how to respect us um this whole story about how i uh 
rolled two blunts, went outside, smoked both of them, came back inside. And somehow that whole period of me rolling, smoking and coming back in was only 15 minutes. I was having all these like crazy time warps. So wow. after that, I learned that I needed to respect them. So I actually went and took the extra mile. I didn't do any psychedelics for a good six to eight months, learning how to uh, grow my own mushrooms. And then once I had my first batch and I grew them and Ooh. I see them in a spiritual way. So like I would talk to them when I was growing up, uh, me too. I music, things like that. Yeah. And they learned to like respect me back too. So when I finally did that dose again, after I learned how to grow them, I was hearing the same voice in my back of my head saying, uh, pretty much you've learned how to respect us. So now we can show you what we need to show you. And I had my experiences with dealing with uh, mushrooms from then. And then at the end of it, it was kind of saying like, you're able to pick up on us, but for us to be able to show you what we need to show you, you need to take the next step. And mm. that's kind of where I've been at right now is that i've been doing like little bits of dmt here and there as i get the calling for it mm -hmm. but like i know that that's like there's something for me on the other side of it be it if it's something in my own subconscious or if there's right. other reality that exists beyond our reality like there's something there oh my gosh this is such a great conversation. something in my mind needs to know <laughs> no for sure absolutely no that's so awesome that you've done that because for me because I research so much and because I want to know how things work and why they work the way they do and because I'm just very curious like that. Um, I don't know. I researched a lot into psilocybin and I researched a lot into psilocybin because um, for me, I think the reason why, well, I don't think, I mean, I know the reason why I started, I got, I even considered taking psilocybin is because my therapist at the time um, I don't have a therapist now anymore, but I feel like I don't really need one anymore for the first time in my adult life. And that's for me really truly is strictly because of God and my faith and because of what I've learned through psilocybin and using that as a tool through prayer, through meditation on prayer. Um, but when I first used psilocybin, it was because I was extremely depressed because of my daughters not being around. And, um, and I was very, I was just in my grief. I was just wallowing in grief for a good two and a half years, at least. And it got to a point last summer, last August, where I was so depressed, um, that I was suicidal and, I had been like, I got into researching and into all the red pill stuff, like I mentioned to you because of my son and because I, and I did, I figured out that he um, was poisoned essentially with the MMR um, booster that he got um, when he was, I think two, a year and a half or two. And so I don't do any of that crap anymore and I won't, I'll never inject him with anything um, so long as it's a chemical. I mean, if the kid needed something life-saving, that's a, different story but all these vaccines that are not vaccines um to me was just a gigantic eye-opener to me that was like more confirmation of what i already knew that i was being lied to by the medical industry by multiple doctors and i had been i'd already proved that multiple times and i was still living with a condition called pudendal neuralgia which is a, a condition that affects the pudendal nerve, which is the nerve that supplies your genitals with sensation, with blood flow, with feeling. So when those nerves are damaged, you feel excruciating nerve pain in your genitals. 
And I lived with that for three years. And it's the most excruciating pain I've ever felt. I don't believe that there's anything on this earth that can cause that type of pain. I've experienced some painful things, <laughs> physically painful things. Like I've had shingles. I've had three sinus surgeries. I had a hernia surgery when I was seven. I've had two cesareans, three, three now. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of painful, physically painful things happen. And there are a lot of physically painful conditions. Trimendial neuralgia is one of the most painful conditions on earth. And that's also a nerve disorder. It's just the facial nerve in your face. So it'll cause severe headaches and face pain. Um, progenital neuralgia is something that can affect men and women. It used to affect men a lot more than it affected women. I don't believe that it doesn't affect women as much. I just feel like women don't know that they fucking have it. Men don't even know they have it. They're like, why does my fucking dick hurt? Because you probably have PN. <laughs> there's no, uh, there's not very many other reasons that your dick ought to be fucking hurting unless you have PN. So I got to a point where it was just so excruciating. I mean, imagine having like, I mean, you don't have to imagine this, but it's like having a hot iron electrocuting your genitals just randomly just random just like <laughs> causes you jump every time doesn't matter how often you have felt that shit you get a jolt in your genitals or in your ass you're going to jump that's it you're just going to because it's that kind of pain and and i can attest to i say this to people and they think i'm crazy and i'm not being morbid but i'm like look at if i because people try to you know the things that you post like people get killed for and, and i'm like i don't give a shit let them torture me because they couldn't they couldn't torture me more than i've already experienced with parental neuralgia i truly believe that because i felt like i was going to die many times and i wanted to just screaming i passed out from pain like so I know it's one of those body. regions too that it's like the pain hits totally different. They're the completely animals. different, completely different. Like you're a man, so I don't know if you've ever taken it, you know, a hit there. But if you've taken a hit to your genitals at all, you know how painful that is. So then, yeah, it's crippling more so than anything. And sometimes right? all it takes is just a little tap. So a little tap, right? How sensitive those nerves are. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's I can't even right. imagine that. <laughs> and it's not it's not any different. In a, for a woman, in her vagina, in her clitoris, in her butt, it's the same fuck. It's excruciating. It's mind-numbing, insane pain. And the reason I bring that up is because I got to a point where I had done everything that modern medicine offered me. And I did everything holistic medicine offered me, from acupuncture to deep breathing and, and breath work and shadow work and fucking I did everything like I really feel like I did almost everything until I got to psilocybin and I mean I did nerve blocks I did four nerve blocks I did I was on a pain patch for two years and I got off of it with cannabis and I got off of a lot of the psych meds I was on with cannabis and lavender oil which a lot of people don't know how powerful lavender oil can be. It can be very, can make you sick too, but it can really help a lot with anxiety. And um, when I used psilocybin, it was because my therapist was like, I really think if you try psilocybin, it will help you because you have so much trauma that your brain just isn't working the same way as it needs to. And, and I read a lot about it. I did a lot of research. I saw 
why the war on drugs was created, where it came from, what started it, the bullshit behind it. And once I saw that, I was like, you know, I just kept reading, I kept researching. Um, and I finally decided that, and I prayed a lot, a lot. And I finally decided that I had nothing left to lose. Like I was legitimately suicidal and my husband had taken me to a couple different emergency rooms to try and have me admitted. And they wouldn't take me because I wouldn't mask. And, um, and I just felt like I had no other options. Like my options were either be this way, which I hated. And I didn't know how not to be so depressed. I didn't know how not to have anxiety. Um, so I, I started taking psilocybin and for me, I just, I microdosed, but not really for like two, three days. I did a little bit. And then I finally just, I knew the mushrooms talked to me so directly, like, you need to do this alone. It needs to be you and God and us, and that's it. And I prayed about it, and I was really scared, but I ended up by myself. I told my husband about it. Our son was at a preschool, and uh, I ate like three and a half, four grams, and I got rid of the pan that, that day. And I've never really had a pain like that since and that's not something that any doctor can explain to me they can't because there is no explanation for it in modern medicine it doesn't exist the only way that you can explain it is the way that i like to explain it which is with psychoneuroimmunology which isn't a topic that a lot of people want to talk about but um i feel like it's very real our bodies there's a great book called the body keeps the score it's a phenomenal book. I would suggest everybody try to read it. It's very wordy. It's very lengthy. It's very heavy. And you have to kind of take it in like bits and pieces. That's how I did it anyways. Um, but it helped me a lot to, to know what I already knew. Like I knew that my body knew how to heal. And I knew that the body and the mind and everything all worked together. But I had been to so many different specialists in modern medicine for so many different, you know, if it's my stomach, then you're going to a stomach doctor. If it's your eyes, you're going here. If it's this, you're going there. And nobody's looking at the whole big picture. And no modern medicine doctor really talks about how seriously trauma can affect your nervous system and how your nervous system mm -hmm. controls everything else in your body, really. And that's, but that's something that they have figured out, which is why transhumanism exists. That's why the Neuralink exists, because they have figured this out. They know, they know that our nervous system is extremely powerful. That's why drugs like Xanax exist. That's why people like me are like almost singled out by the AI, I feel like, and like, here, that one, put that one to sleep, because that one's too fucking loud. We need to put that one to sleep. Like, and if they could put enough of that ones, like me, like you, to sleep, right, and shut us up, then they lose, they win that fight. Like, and that's the part of me where I'm so stubborn that I'm like, I can't let them win that way. Because if they don't win, I tell my husband if he gets depressed, or I'll tell people on Instagram, like, you can feel sad. You can feel lonely. You can feel anger. I don't feel like there's any emotion that's necessarily toxic. 
Um, unless you're just sitting in the negative ones and just kind of hanging out with them, you know, longer than maybe you should, where it would be healthy. Cause I don't feel like sadness or loneliness or even anger is something that needs to be like, you know, not felt or not, you know, don't ever feel that way. And if you feel that way, it's low vibrational and blah, blah. no, anger can be extremely high vibrational. Like, what are you talking about? It depends on how you use that shit and that energy. You, it's all energetic. So you, cause it's ner- in your nervous system. That's why you feel anger in your stomach. It boils. It makes you, your heart pound. Like it's this, it's almost this, it's the same system, but it's a different mechanism within the same system. If that makes sense, because your heart pounds and you have those reactions when you are aroused or when you're really excited, right. Or when you're really angry or when you're really anxious. So it's like, it just depends on how you choose to use it when it hits you. And most people, at least for me, when I get really angry, I tend to shut down and kind of bottle it up, but not really bottle it up because I always end up crying. And then eventually, if I don't have a way to release it, whether it's exercising or art or you know, some type of artistic expression, could be baking, could be painting, could be, I don't fucking know, um, could be what you're doing, podcasting, whatever. Um, it ends up coming out in some way. And for me, it'll, I'll end up getting sick. I'll get sick. I'll get a stomachache. I'll get a backache. I'll have like, there's a saying that I've heard that I think is really great. Your body whispers to you. And if you listen to it, when it's whispering, you won't have to hear it scream. And for me, that's really, truly been true. And I've, I've comes back to that intuition concept because we're talking about it earlier in the show that they Mm -hmm. try to separate us from listening to the spiritual, listening to yourself, Yep. And uh, because of that, like your body's fighting back, like your mood's fighting back, everything about mm-hmm. you is fighting back. Yep. And society's telling you just to keep pushing it down, keep meditating. Yep. And that's why there's mm-hmm. just a spike in all of that kind of shit is because everybody knows deep down that we're not living the way we're intended to. And we're Correct. pushing against our nature. Right. And our bodies are fighting back at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. I complete. I could not have really said it any better. Really, truly. Because the experience that I had May 19th was exactly that. It was me in paradise. It was me seeing Jesus. It was it was very much me. I personally feel because I believe in the Bible very much. And I I I, I feel like this, like there's there's this realm and this consciousness, like you mentioned, right? Like me and you here right now, this is the level of consciousness that we're in. This is our reality right now. However, right now, chances are I'm using 10%, 15, maybe something of my brain. There's other levels of consciousness and why people have a hard time accepting that. I don't really understand. If you have ever taken any sort of substance that has altered your perception, whether it's alcohol, nicotine, coffee, sugar, um, sex, shopping, gambling. There's so many different things. Um, uh, Dream that, that space when you're like really trying to stay awake, but your brain's like, go the fuck to sleep. And you're like fighting it to stay awake. And you kind of can't tell anymore where, if you're in reality or falling asleep, Mm -hmm. that, that space, that's also a different level of consciousness sleeping. When we are asleep, that is a different level of consciousness because you are awake you're alive but you're not aware you're not conscious but you're not unconscious either you're sleeping sleeping is literally a different state of consciousness so for me to tell somebody right i ate some mushrooms and i was in a different level of consciousness in a different realm and so in that different realm and that different state of consciousness i was able to um 
heal my nervous system because I could see where the damage was and because my brain allowed me to be equipped with using the full capacity of my brain to heal those parts of my body that I can't do in this level of consciousness because I don't feel like we only use 10% of our brain all the time. I feel like we use 10% of our brain maybe now. But then when you take something like psilocybin or LSD or DM psychedelics, they do things to your brain that are natural. It's not a drug because the connections that are made between the neurons is something that happens to us in from the time we're born to about three, four, five years old. Our brains make a ridiculous amount of connections. The neurotransmitters are just fucking bouncing everywhere, talking to each other. And that's why when you're really young, your brain is able to absorb things like multiple different languages or mathematics. And there's kids that can do a lot of math if they're exposed to it at a very young age. And then people, you know, adults will be like, wow, they're mathematicians. No, really, you just are giving their brains more information than what the average three-year-old brain is maybe given, but that's because we've already in our adult brain put limitations on what a three-year-old's brain could grasp, but that's obviously not true because you've got fucking babies that are signing and adults can't do that shit. So it's only because their brains are given that information and they're sponges, they absorb it. It's just a matter of how the information comes in because at least for me, like I got young kids and uh, when it comes to my daughter, it's like I can explain these like really deep concepts to her, but it's a matter of like breaking it down in a way that's familiar with, to them. Like, right. Uh, one example, my daughter was trying to ask what archetypes were because I was trying to explain it in a conversation I was having. And uh, the best way I could see to break it down was, you know, the movies you watch. There's a hero in every movie. There's a bad guy in every movie. It doesn't mean that they're the same character, but they're the same type of character. And that was right. how I was explaining archetypes to her. That's so it's a good like, way it's all just a matter of like trying to figure out how to relate it to that person. And it's regardless of age, it doesn't matter right. what age they are. It's all about trying to find a way to relate it to that person so that they can understand the concept. And that's the right. only way that you can exercise the brain, as I always say, because it's more of like a muscle. Absolutely. And the only way that your kid, the only way you, anybody is going to be right. able to do that is if you're doing the workouts with your mind in order to make it so that it can think in the way that you want to make your brain think. Right. But see, everything that you just said and the way you just said it isn't something that I and I hope that no listeners take this the wrong way, but I really don't. I feel like it's very difficult for people to think that way or follow along with that train of thought if they haven't exposed their brains to just a little bit of psychedelics, like I just a little bit, because I really feel like that. It changed my perception. I mean, it did. There's, I've had like three or four really intensely powerful experiences using psilocybin that has been nothing short of life-changing. I mean, truly. And my husband had a hard time after the last session that I had, which now has been well over a year. The last time that I used psilocybin was right before my birthday last year in September, September 8th was the last time I used it. And that particular um, experience was, it was like six or seven hours of going through every shameful experience or any experience that had shame attached to it in my life and in everyone else's life in my fucking family, <laughs> whether it was my mom, my daughters, my 
it was just like, how do I even know this stuff? Where is this coming from? And I, I went afterwards and had conversations with my mom to try and understand, like, have I just lost my mind? Like, where did I even this come from? But then in talking to her, I found out that, so I'll give you an example. Like I, I had this, I was raped by my ex-husband. I know my oldest daughter was raped. I did not know until talking to my mom because of the experience I had with psilocybin the last time that she experienced the same thing. And so did her mom. And so did several other women in our family. So then it became something where I was like, wait a second, this wasn't just a piece of information that was given to me for myself. This was a piece of information that was given to me so that I could help heal that behavior, that trauma, that, shit in my family and my bloodline so I could help end it so I could help make people aware of it in my family so it could stop and that's what I did so I feel like there's a lot I feel like all of us here today are here for a reason I don't feel like there's some it's a mistake or coincidence that the people that are alive today that are watching everything in the world unfold the way it has been today they're here for a reason. Every single person has a purpose. I truly feel that way. And I feel like I didn't really know what my purpose was prior to May 19th. I thought I knew what it was. I thought that it was being a nurturer. I thought that it was being an artist. I thought it was, I don't know, being curious and asking questions and helping people and things like that. Um, but after that night for me, and I've had a lot of a lot of backlash about this when I say this, but for me, it's the truth that when, when I was, I don't feel like I was in heaven. I feel like I was in paradise. I feel like I saw heaven. Heaven was off to the corner, to the right, I could say off to the corner. And I remember seeing, and I've been trying to paint it, um, a huge castle, just a gigantic, enormous castle that went on forever. It looked like, and it was guarded by gigantic gates and I didn't realize until not too long ago because I went, I was trying to look for this shape and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I finally figured out that it's the flower of life. That's what I saw etched in the gates was the flower of life. And it makes perfect sense that it would be the flower of life that would be etched into the gates of heaven. That actually makes perfect, perfect sense. And I didn't realize this until not that long ago, like just two, three weeks ago when I went, I was just stumbling upon, you know, I was reading into uh, sacred geometry and, and trying to understand it more because it's very confusing to me because it's so mathematical and I'm not very good with numbers. Um, and so for me, what the, I mean, for me, the biggest thing about that night was that I wanted to stay there. Like I wanted to be there. I, I was so suicidal for so long that when I, I can recall being there and I can recall hearing God's voice and it sounded like thunder, like if thunder could speak, I guess, sort of something like that. And, um, and God asked me why I, you know, it was like, did you, why are you here? And I remember saying, I, because I, I don't want to be down there. I don't want to be there. And, um, and I feel like, for me, it was a warning. It wasn't like a, had I stayed dead, I would have gotten into heaven. I don't feel that way at all. I feel like it was a warning because God specifically told me that I wasn't done. And although I wanted to stay and I didn't want to go back, um, very specifically told me that I had to. 
and that my work wasn't done and that I had been um, very selfish and very boastful and very egotistical and arrogant in believing that I would somehow be able to stop the level of evil on earth. It has to happen the way that it is. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to hear that. Like they don't want to hear that Jesus is the only way. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that the only way that we get out of this mess is when Jesus comes back. I don't believe that we, the people, or are going to stop any of this. Definitely not by voting. Definitely not through any electoral process. Um, I mean, anything that we're dealing with as far as that spectrum goes, if you break it down, is all just materialism, honestly. It is. You sign a piece of paper and you think it's actually going to do something. Nothing ever gets really done. Like you have to put something into action and be it whether it's spiritual or like Mm -hmm. physical, like you need to physically put something into action. If you're just signing a piece of paper, doing whatever, like being stuck within this material world and the way that everything is controlled within this world, you're just feeding into the system. You need to bigger and beyond that. Right. Exactly. So for me, I mean, God very specifically told me what to do. It's like, you need to go back. You need to inform everybody of what's coming and tell them what's coming and what's happening. And you need to go leave California, go to the forest and start a homestead in a small kibbutz. That's what I've called it. I just can't, people don't know what a kibbutz is unless I explain what a kibbutz is, but a kibbutz basically in Israel, when Israel was started, when Israel was created as a country, they started off with little communities that were called kibbutzim. Kibbutzim is basically like a small little community. Think of an area of land. I don't know, 10 acres, 20 acres, whatever. And you've got however many families, 20, 30, 100 living there. You've got a homestead, a farm. Everyone does everything, though, to keep that area alive and going and sustained. So if our families live there, you're going to learn how to milk the cow and I'm going to learn how to milk the cow and you're going to know how to, uh, you know, attend to someone's injury. And I'm going to know how, like, we're all going to learn and teach each other how to do these things so that we can all have the skill set to keep each other alive, to keep life going, to exist. Right. And, and that's not ass out. If something happens to one specific person, if everybody exactly. has a touch of everything, like Absolutely. I always like to say that, a jack of all trades, people like to look at it as a negative thing, but it's a positive thing because then Very much. it's like you can be thrown into any situation and be able to figure things out. And it right. also helps with uh, being a good problem solver because if you only exactly. know how to do one specific thing, you can't take all these other things in, into consideration when you're trying to do something. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people take that, like you said, they think that it's not a good thing, but they, I don't think that they... There's actually like the jack of all trades. If you read the rest of it, if you actually uh, read jack of all trades, a master of, of wait, a jack of all trades um, is a master of none. But is I forget exactly how it goes, but it's fantastic because really what it's saying is that even if you like I like to say because people will say to me sometimes and it's it's always very hurtful to me because I don't want to ever come off as being a know it all. I'm definitely not a know-it-all. I absolutely don't know everything. And I fucking run from people who tell me they know everything about something because I don't know everything about anything at all. I know a lot about some things and a little bit about a lot of things. That's what I know. But I don't know everything. And I think it's a great, I think it's fantastic. Like why not have 
a lot of different skills. I mean, I think it's great that, and, and then the other thing for me is too, is that when you, someone talks with confidence, like speaks with confidence. So how come some people perceive that as being very cocky instead of it being what it is? Like I went on my story to Instagram just to specifically say, you know, or maybe it was the other day. Like I, I don't know everything about everything. I don't claim that I do ever if anything i'm always like i suggest for everyone to do their own research i try to make it easier for people to do their own research so something that i post will always have if there's a video and it's not me specifically talking the whole fucking time if i'm pointing to something or referencing something there's a corresponding link to that as like my sources right almost like when you would write I see it like when I would write an essay for school and you had to ha quote the, you know, I forget what it is at the end. I hated doing that shit and book reports and stuff. And you had to mm. quote all the different references that you had. Yeah, <laughs> five, <a> yes. <laughs> five pages of references here. Fuck. Like, that's how I see that. So I'm like, look it, here's my essay. If you need to know the references, it's in Telegram. All right. Like, leave me alone. It's all over there. You can go look for it all yourself there. I made it as easy as possible. I try to add hashtags in the Telegram, although it's not, I don't even really add hashtags onto Instagram anymore because it's just kind of it's too time consuming. And mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to make much of a fucking difference in terms of reach for me. Maybe for someone else it does, but for me, it doesn't seem to do jack shit. My profile is so hidden that I had somebody tell me today and in California too, tell me today that, uh, she has notifications turned on for my account and I'm still hidden. She hasn't seen me. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's, that's how you know great. you're onto something though. <laughs> because I mean, there's people that just today, like I posted a couple of screenshots of my story. I didn't put the person's page or anything because I always block out names of um, the response that I get when I will just hint at the fact that Musk is not a fucking good guy. Like the response I get back is like, I mean, if you don't know that he's a white hat and maybe you need to catch up on your research. And I'm like, all right, I need to catch up on my research. Okay, buddy. Like, fuck. I just want to be like, I, how, how do I nicely say, like, you don't know, you're talking out of your ass there, buddy. Like, how do I kindly say that? I'm like, I don't hey, mean this in a literal at... sense, but like Elon Musk is the Antichrist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't mean like absolutely. he's literally like the spawn of Satan, but he's definitely absolutely. like, Yes. He's, like every all signs point to he's, he's a right. fucking antichrist. <laughs> For sure. I don't disagree at all. At all. Not even a little bit. The, I mean, I don't even understand people that constantly will tell me that I'm full of crap. And I go, can, can you just do me a favor? Just go through the first couple lines of my feed. Just, just, I made it so easy. There's even a highlight reel that says agenda 2045. Maybe I'll make one just for fucking Musk and then I'll have one for Trump and you guys can just go listen to it. If you still think Trump is a good guy after you hear him um, talking about how he, we need to implement 5G, America needs to be the highest tech, whatever the fuck. It was like five minutes and that's just one news conference that he did. Just one. There's several others. And for me, it was heartbreaking. Like, I fucking cried. <laughs> I, I was sad to hear this because I, was, I had pneumonia for five months earlier this year. I ended up on Xanax because of the anxiety that I had because I couldn't breathe 
from the money I got from the 5G tower that was turned on in January, the same month I developed bilateral pneumonia that no antibiotics and no steroids could touch. I was on three different antibiotics, three different steroids. I gained like 30 pounds. I mean, there's pictures, there's videos, people that are like, no. I'm like, let me just go over to my backup page that's censored. And I'll hear every so often I'll repost a few videos if I get flooded with like, I don't know. A few, you know, a lot of followers in one day or something. I'm like, here, they don't know <laughs> what I've actually been through. And I feel like some people make judgments without, by just looking at someone's feed. And I, I to me, honestly, that's fucking asinine as all hell. You're missing out on a bunch of, like, like you were kind of talking about before the show started. Like, everybody has a story to tell. Yeah. You're instantly judging a book by its cover then you're never going to get a full grasp of everything. Because at least for me, I don't care if you're a homeless person, if you're somebody has a bunch of money. Like, I want to hear that everybody has to say. And I'm one of those yeah. people that's like, I, you know, I, I'm going to sit down and listen to you. I don't care who you are. So I mean, know, I, I don't judge people by this fake image of them. Like, talk to them personally and get to know them personally as a person. Yeah, I completely, oops, I completely, I completely agree. I really do. I mean, I, to me, this whole, the whole thing is very simple i feel like people complicated a lot and i see it very simply now to me it's like because i know time is getting a little bit short but to me i see it this way there's how far back do i go though that's the problem is i'm always like how far back do i go like if i went all the way back i would go back to at least tartaria and i'd be like so for me, the way I see it is almost like this. There's biblically, there is a thousand year reign of Satan on earth. I personally feel like we're in that thousand year reign of Satan on earth right now. And I feel like that thousand year reign is coming to an end. And I feel like the Tartaria, uh, Tartarian kingdom, which was something that I stumbled upon. And I stumbled upon Tartaria when I was researching eugenics. And when I was researching transhumanism and when I, I was trying to figure out like the roots of transhumanism and the roots of transhumanism really are in eugenics and the roots of eugenics are in Satanism. So it's all the same. It's all the same. And when I say it's all the same, I mean it in this regard. Satanists want to be like God. They're jealous of God. They hate God and they mock God. And that's why they're the exact polar opposite excuse me, of God. There's good, there's evil. God's good, evil Satan. That's how we've always seen it to be. Even those who don't believe in a God or don't believe in a Satan, they still know there's good and bad. There's good and evil, right? There's yin and yang. So there's karma and all that. So I see it that way. Then I'm like, okay, I researched into Tartaria. There's a historian on Instagram that goes by, um, Tartarian historian or Tartarian something. He has a gigantic page and he started following me and he doesn't follow very many people. But the only reason I mentioned that is because I asked so many questions on his post on his feed. So when he's posting things, I'm like, well, what's this and what's that? And what about this? And what about that? So because I'm genuinely sincerely interested in the man's main topic of focus, right? Cause to me, that's important for me. I see it as another missing piece of a puzzle. 
So whether it's the truth or not, it still needs to be investigated because it has the potential of being the, another missing piece to the puzzle. So my husband asked me once, like, what's the puzzle look like? Like, what's the end puzzle picture that you're looking at when you say all these things? Because I'll tell him, like, Schwab talking about the fourth industrial revolution, right? And Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum, right? So we know that he's the founder. So we know that he's one of the, you know, head guys, so to speak, right, of the organization and stuff and of all of the evil crazy crap. But there's people above him. And there's people above those people. And there's people above those people. You know what I mean? So ultimately, it's like, okay, well, who's the leader of all the evil, right? We call him the cabal. Okay, who's the leader of the cabal, though? Because in my opinion, it's not just Vanguard Group. It's Satan. It's Lucifer. It's That's what it is. That's the deity that they all worship and pray to. That's why we see all this symbolic shit all over the place. That's all rooted in Satanism. And that's all the same. That's rooted. This is my extension cords not working. And it's all, I mean, it's all rooted in the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It is. Definitely. So I see Schwab with the fourth industrial revolution talking about how um, humans are going to be, our, our biological um, is going to be merged. And it's going to, you know, COVID is going to change us. And the fourth industrial revolution isn't just about this or that it's about how humans are going to change and i'm like okay well that's fucking creepy and weird and uh, and then we've got zuckerberg with his metaverse and over here you're going to buy all your digital stuff and you don't own anything that's exactly what schwab was talking about with owning nothing and being happy and then i take it further and i go but wait a second the metaverse is just gathering a bunch of data twitter also I mean, Musk said that he wanted to, he loves the, the, we, the WeChat app. Like he loves that China has WeChat. He thinks it's a fantastic app and he wants to turn Twitter into it. And when, when I first had those ideas into my head, it was because of a particular dream that I kept, I started having that I now have had many, many times. And it's creeps me out because when I have, Repetitive dreams, they tend to happen in, in reality, in this reality. And that's happened way too much the last two, three years for me. It's something that used to happen to me as a kid growing up here and there, but it hasn't happened as often as it has the last three years. And it just creeps me out sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's, it's great to know, but more oftentimes than not, it really fucking creeps me the fuck out. So... Um, I feel like Musk's Neuralink, when people have told me, like, you know, well, it's not like it would be that easy to get a brain chip just implanted into people's brains. And I'm like, well, of course not. It would have to be something they would ask for, right? It'd have to be something that they would want to have happen. So what would cause people to want a chip in their brain? What would cause somebody to want a tattoo or a chip in their hands? Got to get them into a fear state. That's how you do it. Mm -hmm. But it's more than just fear because a lot of us, they weren't able to get to that way. So how do you get to somebody to get them to do what you want them to do? You either have to literally be able to control their motives, their beliefs, like why their drive. Why am I not doing this and get to that reason and change it or force them to do it? 
right? So to me, I'm like, that's why I started going towards the banking to see what they're doing with the money. Because all this quantum talk and all this quantum communication, quantum banking, what the fuck is all this shit? And the more I started researching it, the more I was like, this all makes perfect fucking sense to me. The shots have, they had to do it this way. They had to be like, wait a second, we're going to Make everyone believe that the air is going to make them fucking sick to the point that they stay inside. We're going to force them to stay inside with all these illegal mandates and we're going to do it this way. But first we have to bring in this guy, enter Trump, who's going to persuade half of them that he's the good guy. And he's got to be the good guy to some of them and the bad guy to some of them so that we can play both sides against each other and keep them real good and distracted and hating each other while we force them all inside and then erect these gigantic fucking monstrosities all over the earth. while they're Because that's when they put them up was in 2020. That's when all the towers came up. They were not there prior to 2020. But then they turned them on in 2021. And, last, and earlier this year. So 2021, there there is factual evidence, scientific evidence, where they've turned on some of them and people started getting a little bit sick, but they it wasn't something that was turned on on a mass scale. They turned them on on a mass scale in 2022, earlier this year. And they started turning them on in some areas in uh, 2021 last year. But those were only done in a few major cities like L.A., uh, Austin, I think, had it, um, New York City. There was only a few specific large cities that they turned on the 5G. They only had a few, though. So it was just a test. It was just a test run. They weren't going to completely turn it on until more people got the shots, and specifically the shots, the batches that have the nanotech in it, because not all the batches have the nanotech in it, but not everybody knows that. So I'm like, no, if you study it and if you look into it, the three main companies, Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, I, I feel like they were removed pretty quickly new on. I'm not sure 100% why, but those three major companies had three or four different batches. One of them was saline. It was just a placebo. It was nothing. One of them had the nanotech in it with the graphene oxide with the self-assembling fucking AI parasites. That's what they are. And um, and the weird thing is that I knew that's what it was earlier this year. And I made reels before more people came out and said it. And when I told my husband, they're fucking AI parasites. He was like, what? I go, they're robotic parasites. It's robotic parasites. I go, I know that sounds insane. I don't know how I'm going to prove this to you, but I know that they're robotic parasites. Speaking of that, I've noticed that in a lot of TV shows, they keep uh, making reference to like nanotechnology being able to mm -hmm. control things. Like yeah. for anybody that watches Netflix, there's a show called Inside Job. And in the newest season, there's yes. been a few times of that, that they've uh, done these things where they almost try to have like superhero abilities, like whatever from mm -hmm. ingesting nanobots and having the nanobots control what they're doing. So it's like, again, that's normalizing the whole transhumanism concept. And it's also right. normalizing the fact of there being nanobots <laughs> that are around. I mean, really, the way I see it, I feel like I, I, I get into too many details. But the way that I see it is like, there's the fourth industrial revolution. And a lot of people don't seem to know what the fourth industrial revolution is really about. The fourth industrial revolution is 100% about 
digitalizing the entire world. That's what the fourth industrial revolution is. They want everything. It's a digital fucking world. Like, that's what that is. And the fourth industrial revolution only works because there's things like the metaverse. And the metaverse is grabbing everybody's biometric data because of the VR. So they're not just hooked into the VR on their heads. There's sensors that people can put all over their fucking bodies when they are scanned into the metaverse and able to have sex and when it's not sex and they're able to do all these things. And I ask people, I go, look at if you watch this stuff. So it's clearly disgusting because you're looking at somebody who's hooked into the metaverse, has all their sensors and things on and is to you, it looks like they're air fucking something, but you know that they're visually seeing something that they're fucking in the metaverse. And I go, but what they, nobody around them seems to understand is those sensors are grabbing all of their biometric data. That's what that is. How are you getting turned on? How are, what's your nervous system doing during this process? Now, what's your nervous system doing while you're playing a sport? What's it doing when you're interacting in a business meeting? What's it, that's what it's grabbing and doing. But then I'm like, where's all that data going though? It has to go somewhere. Oh, that's where Starnet comes in. Starnet is the Starlink, right? I'm like, it's an internet service, but it's not just an internet service. It's like a data, data collecting site or device or something. No one even knows exactly what it is. It's, oh, satellites in space. Okay. All right. That opens up the whole flat earth thing where I'm like, there's no such thing. So, okay. There's a balloon up there somewhere with the Starlink crap. Okay. But that's not the only part of it either, because then the other piece of the puzzle is the graphene. But you have to have the graphene inside of your body. It's not, I know that they're spraying shit on us. Like I know about the chemtrails. I post about it constantly on my story mostly. And I, I do believe that in the chemtrails, there's graphene oxide. But I don't believe that the nanoparticles that they're spraying in the air, along with everything else, is having the same effect on humans as the shots are that have the AI nanotech parasites in them like that shit is being injected into your body and i you can i don't know if you watched the died suddenly documentary that steve mm-hmm. peters had that came out. you saw i was like i cried even though i knew a lot of this stuff and my husband turned to me and was like this is what you mentioned earlier this year and i went yeah and i didn't have fucking proof to really show you anything he managed to get it how did you know this was happening? I go, I told you I kept dreaming of this shit. I could see that crap in my dreams and I was trying to describe it to you as best as I could. That, do you see? Doesn't that look like what I described to you? Yeah, it does. Okay, so see, I'm not fucking nuts. But no, I mean, I feel like with the whole transhumanistic stuff that there's just a lot of people that don't want to talk about it. They don't realize, I guess, how real it is how much it's like right here at our doorstep they hear things like 2045 and i try to tell people like if you look at the website and if you just study it a tiny bit they have timelines and they have schedules and they have a shit ton of money (laughs) that they've used to push all this I mean, you have biden who signed the executive order september 12th for the advancement of biotech if you read into that EO, even though it's just an EO, it's not law yet. It's just an EO, right? But there's, he names so 
many different departments within government and specific people that need to give them a report within 140 days, 160 days, 90 days. Like, And if you look and see what he's asking for in these reports and you know about 2045, like I do at least, you're like, oh, you motherfucker. You are totally just pushing this forward faster, like faster. So that's why I feel like the only people ask me, like, what can we do? Because I'll tell people like, well, we can't stop this. Right. So then they're like, well, then what do we do? I'm like, okay, so I really suggest like my main encouragement for people really is to not be scared as scary as it may be, because fear is a very tricky emotion. And I feel like if you allow being scared in and of itself isn't a bad thing. Like, look at, I'm afraid of being tortured, even though I feel like I would be ready for it. However, it's still not something that I would want to have happen. Right. So I could be afraid of going online and sharing and talking about the things that I do because they could track me and kill me and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Or I could be like, well, I'm more afraid of the afterlife and what would happen to me when I die again and next time for good that I won't be let into the gates and go into the castle in the city that I saw May 19th that I know is there waiting for me until I am done doing here what God wants me to do. And I very much feel like it's this. And it frustrates me only because I'm like, God, how do you want me to feed my son doing podcasts? Like, I'm not getting paid. But at the same time, (laughs) I know that as long as I'm doing what God wants me to do, I've yet to be hungry unless I choose to fucking not eat. Like, that's that's the truth for me in my life. It's one of those greater good kind of concepts. Mm -hmm. Very much. It is. And and I feel like. I mean, I, I'm, I'm always trying to tell people, like, if you take away anything from my page, if I get removed tomorrow morning, you log on and Libby's off of Instagram, you can't fucking find me, right? I hope and I pray more than anything that the things that I've shared with the world, at least over the last five to six months, have caused you to take whatever fear any of this may have created the idea of cyborgs, the idea of a hologram world, the idea of this transhumanistic society that they are, they are pushing onto society. And I pray that it leads you to God. I pray that it leads you to Jesus. I really, truly do. I pray that it helps people to get out of their fucking comfort zones of like, well, my husband's job is here, so I can't move. And oh, I would love so much to go and do a homestead, but I just can't because of reason 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 excuse 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 like i'm i'm not the person where there's a will there is a way there is where there's a will there is a way there's no such thing as i can't you don't want to you don't know how but you can't bullshit that's it's a bullshit thing to say i can't you just don't know how or you don't have the time i've said it a million times the only thing that's holding you back is yourself it really is very much true. And I know that to the point now where, uh, I don't know, this morning I was in a bad mood. I was annoyed. I was upset. I was sad. I missed my daughters. My eyes were pissing me off. I had to keep putting, I use salt water drops several times a day if I can't wear my contacts to get um, 
inflammation in my cornea is down because I get what's called corneal edemia. And then everything doesn't just get blurry. Even with glasses, it gets foggy. So things will look like I'm like the room will look like I like there's dense fog in the room and there's it's awful. Like if you've ever driven through fog or walked through fog, it sucks. And that's what it looks like sometimes. So I was in a horrible place this morning, mentally, emotionally, because of all that. But I also knew within, I don't know, three, four hours, I went outside to my back little tent there. I smoked a couple bowls and I sat there praying, crying, talking to God and realized like, this is all temporary bullshit. Oh yeah. Someday I will be able to see and I won't need glasses. I won't need contacts and I won't need this shit body either. It'll just be me, but it'll be all the awesome energy of Libby without this body. And I don't need to be in some fucking cyborg body either to just live for eternity. That sounds horrific. Um, I'll be in heaven with God. And, and, and to me, I guess that's where my hope is. That's where my peace is. It's not here in this earth. Like me wanting to go start a homestead in the middle of the forest and trying to encourage other people to do the same thing and to not be scared and to also not like dilly dally and just be like, ah, oh, it's the future. It's super far away. It's not at all. Um, I mean, I hope people see that the only way that we really are going to survive in the end is with each other. We can't be hating on each other and arguing and bickering over stupid shit like the shape of the earth within our awake community. Or, you know, do you like this? Or do, I mean, It's just stupid things like that that I feel like just divide us even further. And there's no need for that. Like, why would someone in the awake community and the truth of community mock somebody else at all for anything? Like, what's the purpose behind it? There's really, I try very much before I type anything online to, um, I really am the type of person that's like, if this isn't helpful, what's the point of me typing it? Is it just because I'm being driven by my ego right now and my pride? I don't want to look one way or another does that really matter it really doesn't you know it's just it to on one hand it's great for people that have nice big platforms because they get to be heard more on the other hand it can be ripped away from you in a split second so does it really matter? Like, I just hope that if I'm removed again, which I probably will be, that people will remember that uh, Libby was willing to talk about shit that most other people didn't fucking want to touch. And she didn't just talk about it. She's that bitch Honestly. screamed about it all the time. Like, <laughs> so. <laughs> At least you have no regrets in the aspect of uh, wishing that you said something. And honestly, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at with my show is that I'm like, full freedom of speech in that aspect where if something needs to be said, I'm going to say it. It doesn't matter what the repercussion is. If I feel it's something important enough to be said, it's going to be said. That's, I feel like that's how it should be. That's what freedom of speech is. Mm -hmm. At its root. And that's the problem too, is that a lot of people are about this whole freedom of speech thing. But uh, as soon as somebody doesn't agree with what they're saying, then all of a sudden they want to shut them down, which is completely against the whole that you're fighting for, which is freedom of speech. <laughs> Exactly. No, I completely agree. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I was born Jewish. I'm very much Jewish. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I also know that Jesus was born Jewish. He died Jesus, 
Jewish and he rose as a savior. What I don't understand is the amount of people that claim to be like I've dealt with anti-Semitism. I've dealt with all sorts of weird discrimination, whatever. Um, what I don't get is how there are certain I, I don't group people together into one group. Like, I just don't do that. So even in terms of like, unless you're Satanist, I mean, really, I'm like all Islam, all Islamists are not the devil. All this is not this. All this is not this. Hey, all Jews are not fucking devils who want to control the world. And by the way, all the people that you think are the Jews on top aren't fucking Jewish. I guarantee you. Ask them if they fucking, when was the last time they opened the Torah? Oh, they didn't. Do they celebrate Hanukkah? No. Oh, they don't even know what it is. So what makes them Jewish? The fact that their last name's Gates? Soros? Like what, what about them makes them Jewish? Zuckerberg? These people are not Jews. If anything, I'm like, I wish people would, um, like recently I started mentioning just a little bit about Kazarian and about Khazars. Cause I don't feel like a lot of people know what the Kazarian empire even fucking was. No, honestly, <laughs> um, I'm getting a really, really bad lag and I definitely want to continue having this conversation and uh, do some more parts to this. So okay. that being said, I'm going to try to wrap it up here. That's um, a for good the idea. listeners that have enjoyed the conversation, um, there will definitely be a part two uh, sooner rather than later. Because, again, I'm just having a really bad lag and I don't want to ruin the conversation over uh, trying to fight the lag. So yeah. uh, at the end, I always like to do uh, words of wisdom. So if there's any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, uh, what would it be? I think the best thing that I could tell people to do or what I would suggest would really be to trust your instinct. Um, listen, listen to your instinct, even if what your instincts telling you sounds completely nuts, do your own research, do a lot of your own research. And, um, I really hope and pray that all of this stuff just leads people to the Bible and to want to take whatever risks they need to take to become completely self-sufficient and break away from the matrix in every way. Definitely agree with that message. And uh, if anybody is, for anybody that's enjoyed the conversation, uh, where can they come and find you about if they're interested in finding your page that we've been talking about? So right now I'm on Instagram at lady.liberty.libby. Um, I have a backup page as well, and I have an art page. Um, it's Lady Liberty's State of the Arts. Um, and I'm also on Telegram under Lady Liberty Libby. And I have a website. It's just not completely up and running yet. Um, so that will be up soon. It's the same thing. It's LadyLibertyLibby.com. Right, you're the first person that I've even said that to on a podcast because it's not completely done yet. So I don't have it even in my bio yet. I just have the telegram link, but it'll be done soon. You could go peek at it. You'll just see a bunch of 2045 stuff mostly. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, peek at it, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to start um, either a YouTube channel or a channel somewhere else documenting our family's journey from living in the city to living in an RV to starting a homestead from scratch. So I do have a name for it. I just haven't necessarily picked like a video platform but that's going to be fortman family farms so awesome. really looking forward to it mm -hmm. i'm definitely gonna have to uh when you get everything finished and set up uh come yeah. back on 
and uh, we can promote it to more people so more people can get the message too. Awesome. That sounds great. It was so great talking to you. I really would love to talk to you again when our reception is better, for sure. It, it's all about the topics, I swear. Because uh, like I said, I got full bars. I'm hardwired in and I'm still getting a lag. So, and it's on my end now, but it's like yeah. you start getting really deep into certain topics and then it's like, I won't have any issues at all when I'm talking about most things. And then it's just these certain all topics. All of a sudden lags. Always have oh. issues. And it's acro- universal across most podcasters. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird because you're, you're, I mean, this is really, it's happened to me on every single podcast that I've done almost, except for one, like I mentioned to you, and I really didn't get to talk about uh, transhumanism. We didn't talk about psychedelics. We didn't talk about half the things that we talked about today. And it, I, it, I didn't get cut off and neither did he, but with almost everybody else, it doesn't even matter the time of day. Cause I thought for a while, maybe the time of day is making a big difference. And maybe if I go to the lounge like now or uh, do it in the morning or I don't know, and it doesn't seem to make a difference because I, it's the weirdest thing. That, see, this is where I start to feel like the spiritual realm is just, like, manipulating and fucking with shit. And I'm like, I don't know how to prove that, though, so. I mean, honestly, though, everything's vibration and frequency, and that's exactly what electric. So if there were beings within this reality, they may be able to physically manifest themselves in our reality, but they would definitely theoretically be able to fuck with technology. Because even going Absolutely. into, like, paranormal aspects of things, if you go into yeah. that spectrum. Like, they'll drain batteries. They'll fuck with anything electronic. So it's all within that spectrum and radius. Yes, I completely agree. Completely. Oh, we should definitely talk some more about all of That's a whole separate, different. I can feel, like, the EMFs. In my... Like, if you ever walk by those big electrical uh, towers and things, I can... You can hear it sometimes, but I could also feel it because I'm just super sensitive. So, Anyways, it was, was really good talking to you. It almost feels like it looks some kind of weird pressure on your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. You can, you can feel it. I really appreciate you uh, coming on coming onto the show today, and uh, I'm glad that we made this work, even with the leg, even with the tech issues. We still made it work. And uh, yes, thanks to post editing, I will definitely make it sound very minimal on the issues, so the listeners don't have to deal with all the random lags back and forth. But okay, <laughs> it I was can't wait. A great till show, it's out. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, me too. It was really good talking to you, Shane. I hope that we get to do it again. To all of you guys listening at home, if uh, you're interested in being a guest on the show, if you'd like to sponsor the show, if there's a topic or a guest that you would love to see on the show, or in just in general, altogether, if there's anything that you feel that you can contribute to the show, uh, don't be scared to shoot me a message. You can email me. You can message me on Instagram. Um, I definitely love to hear it from you guys because this show isn't just about me it's also for all of you guys so if there's anything that you guys would love to see on the show again don't hesitate just shoot me a message um no matter what i promise you i will respond to you i don't ignore anybody because if you guys are taking the time to listen to the content i put out and you're taking your time to shoot me a message the least i can do is at least give you a full response back so come have a conversation with me even if you just want to talk like i'm down for it just uh come and shoot me a message or shoot me an email um email for the show is inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com and uh, if you want to come and find the social media i'm going to drop the link tree link again for anybody that didn't catch it in the beginning of the show but also if you just aren't good with the audio thing you know grabbing it that way uh all the links will be available down in the description but uh the one for this show is l-i-n-k-t-r period e-e slash inquiries of our reality podcast 
And again, if you're trying to check out the full umbrella of everything else with uh, Open Minds Media, that one is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. And with that, I hope all you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you have a great night and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.